Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. I want to talk to you tonight for a little bit, preach to you for a little while about uh, going to church and uh, assembling ourselves together in this day. And you know, that's a command in the Word of God. I believe, listen, when God says anything, that ought to settle it. Amen. I saw something recently that said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, uh, it doesn't make any difference whether you believe it or not. I mean, listen, God said it, and that settles it. I mean, listen, you don't have to believe it in order to get it settled. That sounds good, but it doesn't make any difference whether you believe it or not. It's still the Word of God. When God says something, God commands you to do something, God expects you to get that done. Now, we're commanded in the Word of God to do several things. How many folk here believe that when you get saved, you ought to follow the Lord in believer's baptism? Let me see your hand. Amen. I believe that too. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're to repent and be baptized. I mean, listen, that's just as, uh, this is gun barrel straight. That's the way to do it. Doesn't have anything to do with salvation, but we're commanded in the Word of God, uh, to be baptized. And then, of course, um, we're commanded in the Word of God to do other things. We're, we're commanded in the Word of God to give. I believe that with all of my heart. We're, we're to tithe. You say, oh, Brother Bill, that was under the Old Testament economy. Listen, that was before the law was ever given on Mount Sinai. Abraham tithed. Amen. Jacob tithed. And then it was incorporated in the law. And then after the law, people uh, still uh, tithe. That's the only thing that Jesus Christ ever commended the scribes and Pharisees for in Matthew 23 and verse number 23 was for tithing. He says this you ought to have done. And so the Lord puts his stamp of approval upon tithing. But uh, listen, friend, uh, we couldn't make it here at Emmanuel Baptist Church just simply with folk tithing. I mean, we don't have that many people. So we do what the Bible says. We go beyond tithing. I mean, listen, if if folk under the Old Testament economy back then could tithe and give uh, a tithe unto the Lord, I believe we ought to give an offering. Amen? And so we give above a tithe here at Emmanuel Baptist. We give sacrificially unto the Lord. We give uh, by faith unto the Lord. And I thank God for you people that give faithfully every week. But we're commanded to do other things in the Bible. And one of the things that we're commanded to do is to go to church. You say, Brother Bill, I didn't know that. Well, listen, now you're commanded to go to church. I, for the life of me, I don't see how people, uh, that ought to be a shame. Listen, it ought to shame you until you hang your head in shame if anybody ever has to extend an invitation for you to attend services at your own church. I mean, that's a shame and a disgrace, my friend. You ought to be faithful in going to church and serving God. Now, we have a lot of folk today that they, uh, they stay home. They, listen, they'd rather watch television. Now, I used to know what come on on Sunday night. Back when I was younger, a man by the name of Ed Sullivan used to come on television on Sunday night. But bless your heart, I don't know what's on there right now. I really don't. I couldn't tell you if it's going to take a submachine gun and, uh, and just blow me away right now, Brother Frank. I couldn't tell you what comes on on Sunday night uh, about church time. Now, I'll guarantee you this. There's bound to be something good on there 
because people like to sit home and watch television. And uh, I can't understand that. I'd rather be in the house of God. I'd rather be around God's people and assembling. And look at verse number uh, 25, if you will. Hebrews chapter number 10. Now I want you to look at verse number 25. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Now, that's, that's an accepted manner in this day that we're living in. I mean, folk don't go to church. You might read all these statistics that uh, come out in newspapers and, and Christian periodicals that tell you that things are getting better and better and better. I heard a preacher say recently, man, that uh, you'd almost thought you was living in the millennial. He is talking about there's more churches in America today than there ever has been. And he's talking about a spirit of revival sweeping across our nation and around the world and people getting saved by in droves, you know. And, and, and folk, if it's happening, I haven't seen it myself. I don't know where it's happening in and around Beckley. Do you? I mean, listen, you ride by most churches tonight and there'll be just a few people there in the services. But God says, forsaking not. The assemblies are not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more. I mean, listen, we ought to do it even more as we see the day approaching. That is, when the Lord is coming again, we ought to more than ever assemble ourselves together. Now, we live in a, in a, in a day, my friend. The Bible refers to this as the last days. Now, don't anybody come by after the service tonight and try to instruct me uh, on eschatology. And uh, I know, I'm not a dummy, I know that the last days cover a period of time from the Apostle Paul in the days of Pentecost right up until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that in the days of Paul, they, they were perilous times also. And I know that in the days of Paul, that demonic activity was on the rise back then. And Paul spoke about the last days. And I believe it covers that period of time. But I can also testify by my own experience that things are waxing worse and worse in this day that we're living in. My friend, just read the paper. Look at the television. Listen to the radio. Go out and ride up and down the streets of Beckley, West Virginia, and you'll see that things are getting worse and they're not getting better. How many of you folk here tonight can remember a day right here in Beckley, West Virginia, that you could leave your home and never worry about locking the door. Any of you folk remember a day like that? Boy, I can. You just go off and leave your door open and you know that the people in your community is not going to go inside, not going to rob and steal from you while you're going away. I'll tell you what, you'd better lock her up tight today. You'd better not leave it open today because people will come right inside and load your furniture up, your uh, whatever you have, and take it away in a truck. I mean, they'll do that while you're gone. And the neighbors, they won't say one thing about it. I'm telling you, these are bad days that we're living in right now. These are days of uh, uh, when uh, cults are on the rise. I mean, listen, a lot of, a lot of false Christ moving on the scene in this day. We're teaching about cults on Sunday morning. And uh, people are in this day that we're living in, 
they're filled with uh, perverted teachings concerning uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the deity of the Lord. They're, they're, they're filled with perverted teaching concerning the church that Jesus Christ is building here on this earth. I'm saying to you tonight that deception is on every hand and you can't believe everything that thunders forth from a pulpit. I mean, listen, all that glitters is not gold. Well, I'm telling you, these days are deceptive days. And uh, then Brother Lacey talked last night about deadness among uh, the churches in this day. But I tell you what, if you went into some of the churches in Beckley, West Virginia, and uh, you were sitting there, if you could find anything to shout about, if you, listen, sometimes how would you like to go in? I'd like to do it one time. I really would. I, I believe sometimes... I'll take off up here to one of these churches and go in when they're having a special meeting. And surely they, listen, I know in some of these Baptist churches, they still sing Amazing Grace. You know that. I, I guess they sang some of those old songs and uh, in the sweet by and by. And I'd like for them to get to singing one. And I believe I'd just jump up and just start waving my hand and saying, Glory to God! Hallelujah! Praise God! You know what they do? They'd come get me, probably usher me out. I mean, listen, folk, uh, it scared, uh, most of the folk be scared to death. Why, when I grew up and went to church at the First Methodist Church in Gerald, South Carolina, nobody spoke above a whistle. Nobody. You went in, man, it was always, nobody ever spoke out loud. I mean, the preacher, he whispered. That's right, old preacher Kenny, he used to stand up there and lean on the pulpit. I thought he was going to die. He finally did. He finally died. I mean, listen, I, you know how he died? He just went to sleep. That's right. Just went to sleep. Never did wake up. You know, well, uh, I, I'm telling you, there's deadness. Deadness on every hand. People aren't excited today uh, about salvation. You know why? Because a lot of people aren't saved. A lot of people aren't saved. Churches are filled with dead people. That's why there's deadness. That's why. Look over in the book of Matthew, please, chapter number uh, 24. Look there very quickly. I'll get to the message in a minute. You just hang in there. Matthew 24 and verse number 12. It says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, my friend, it's a sorry state of affairs in Beckley, West Virginia, when a, a business establishment can open up right down here on Valley Drive. And uh, uh, from what I understand, I haven't been over there. The Bible says to abstain from all the appearance of evil. I don't have to go and check it out to find out what's going on in that place. I hear about things. I, I was talking to some of the officials in our city, and uh, I wanted to call and find out what could be done about this. And uh, I found out it's not in the city. It's in the county. That's right, this uh, uh, aristocrat club is what I'm talking about, right down here on Valley Drive. And, uh, brother, it's a shame when things like that can come into this city and the people of God set back and we don't do anything about it. Now, I got stirred up over it and I asked one man, I said, what can I do? He said, just sit back, preacher. He said, we're going to take care of it. We're going to close it up. Well, bless God, that was two weeks ago, and it's still going strong, and I'm not going to sit back this week. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to start uh, calling some people. I'm going to irritate some people. I think something ought to be done. 
But it's a shame and a disgrace. And the reason things like that happen is because the people of God are dead. Just deadness is sweeping across our churches. And then, of course, uh, uh, demonic activity. Oh, I could go on and talk about a lot of things. Uh, defeated Christians. Oh, listen, they're on every hand. Look around you. How many people do you know today that are really happy in the Lord? Huh? Listen, I thank God for Emmanuel Baptist. Don't you? I thank God. Listen, we can come here and just uh, sit back and just relax and enjoy ourselves and have a good spirit here. I've been in churches before, bless your heart, when you walk in the door, you could feel the tension. I mean, you could feel the you. Uh, it was cold and dead and you could almost cut it with a knife. Now, thank God it's not like that here. And I hope it never gets like that. Amen. Now, I believe we ought to assemble ourselves together. And I want to give you some reasons tonight why we ought to meet here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, the people of God. Now, I'm convinced in my heart that this is the church. Now, don't let that shock you. You say, Brother Bill, I thought the church was an invisible body. Well, that's the ones that's meeting in these pews right here. You see, you can't see them. They're, they're invisible. But I'm telling you tonight, bless your heart, the church that I know anything about in the Word of God is a visible church. It's made up of people. Now, people aren't invisible. Did you know that? You can see, I don't know of an invisible person anywhere on the face of this earth. Now, I will say this. It is mystical in this sense that we're tied together with Jesus Christ. We're referred to as His body. And I thank God for that. But bless your heart, the church that Jesus instituted is a visible body of baptized believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we meet together to carry out the commission and we function as a church. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we meet here is to carry out the great commission. But then another reason we meet here tonight is simply just to rejoice in the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 2, please. Turn there. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 22 says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Now, bless your heart, this is a book that is filled with miracles. Amen. I like to come together and think about the miracle of Calvary. I like to think about the miracle of the, uh, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to think about the miracle of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And bless your heart, it was a miracle. It, I've said many times it was a biological impossibility. But what things are impossible with man are possible with God. And thanks be to God tonight for the miracles that are recorded in this book. I, like, I get excited talking about the miracles of the Old Testament. Listen, when Moses walked over on dry ground, that thrills my soul. I mean, listen, when that axe head fell into the water and they, uh, it was lost and went out of sight and they broke down that stick and reached in and got that axe head out. Bless God, that's a type of the cross. And I get excited just reading about the miracles of this book. It excites me. But my friend, I believe the greatest miracle that we can talk about tonight is the miracle of the conversion of the saints of God. 
I like to come together with the people of God. Nothing thrills my heart any more than to have these men and these ladies around in this congregation begin to stand and tell about what God has done for them. I love to hear Brother Frank tell about how that he used to uh, work up at the Moose Lodge. Do you know that one time, at one time, Brother Frank uh, operated an ABC store, isn't that right? And, and sold liquor, and, and he got saved. And, and he tells me, I, I think this is right, that you went to the mayor, is that right? And asked him uh, to, to get you out of that place, that you're saved and you wanted out of it. And uh, God worked through that man, got him out of the liquor business, and, and he tells all of that, and I rejoice in it. Amen. That's why we come to church. Listen, I, Hollywood can't beat that. I mean, there's nothing coming out of Hollywood that can even stand up to a testimony of grace in the lives of these people here tonight. Isn't that wonderful? I like to come and listen to these old testimonies. And then I believe it's, we ought to assemble here just so we can read this book and study this book and learn the things of this book. You know, folk, I'm telling you tonight that people of God are ignorant of the things of God. Look in the book of Acts, please, in chapter number 5. Acts chapter 5, and look at verse number uh, 42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. I mean, you ought to know beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight that we're not to mix up grace and works. Amen. I mean, you ought to be able to sit down and explain to someone in depth what it means to be saved. You ought to know what the Bible's talking about when Jesus said, unless you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Well, now bless your heart, you ought to be able to take them over to the book of 1 John and show them in the Word of God where it says that if we say we have no sin, we make Him a liar. I mean, listen, we, we are, we, the truth is not in us. We are full of lies when we say we don't sin. And so you ought to know these things. You ought to be able to understand God's Word. You ought to know what the Bible teaches about serving God. I believe folk ought to serve God when they get saved. I don't believe you have any choice after you get saved. I don't think you ought to. There's some things you don't have to pray about. Did you know that? You don't pray about being baptized. I mean, God just said, be baptized. You get saved. Yeah, some people say, well, I'm going to pray about baptism. Oh, you don't pray about being baptized. Just be baptized. Somebody said, well, I'm going to pray about going to church. No, you don't pray about that. Just go. Now, you may pray that God would send you to the right church, but bless your heart, you don't pray about going to church. You just go. I'll tell you something else. You don't pray about giving. Somebody said, well, I'm going to consider this matter, and, and I'm going to see whether I can financially give to the church. No, you just do what God says do. You tithe and you give of your income on a regular basis. And I'm telling you tonight, the only way you'll know these things is through the study of God's Word. Amen. So I'm saying these are the reasons that we come into the church. Now I want you to look over in the book of Galatians, chapter number 6. You folk ever fall out with anybody? Huh? Boy, I do. I, I tell you what, I, 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 I fall out with folks sometimes. And uh, I believe that when we come to church, 
it makes you get your heart right. I mean that. How in the name of heaven can anybody come to church and uh, have hatred in his heart for his brother inside the church and something happened six months ago or maybe six years ago and they don't speak to each other. Somebody told me recently about some people that work on the job and they're closely related to each other and they don't ever speak to one another. I mean that. Work together. I mean this. Can you imagine some fellow hadn't spoken to you in six years and uh, hammering and, and beating and doing things? I'd be scared he'd hit me in the head, wouldn't you? I'd be scared he'd pull something out from me. I'd break my back or something. I'd find me another job if I was going to live like that. But there's no way that you can come to church, I believe, and have your heart in tune with God and on the one hand and on the other hand be filled with hatred and malice, uh, malice and jealousy and strife and all these other sins that are on the inside of a person. You can't do it. Listen, you assemble yourself together with the saints of God and bless your heart if it's a real old-fashioned assembling of the saints, you'll get right. Amen. Look in Galatians chapter number 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. And he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then it says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know what that is saying there? God is teaching us to leave all of your uh, ill feelings outside. I mean, listen, don't bring them in here. Don't bring all of your lying and all of your gossiping and all of this inside the house of God. I mean, listen, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. Amen. That's why we assemble here. We're to help people. We're not only to help people here in this church, but we're to help people outside of this church. Somebody, the, the man over at Shoney's last night brought a ticket back. He said, Pastor said, I need you to sign this. I said, what is it? And he reminded me of a couple that came by and... uh they, they were hungry. They wanted something to eat. Now, we don't give them money. We don't do that. But I, I told them, I said, you go over to Shoney's and get you something to eat down there. And I always call ahead, and I said, now, don't let them get a steak, you know, something like that. I, I said, give them a sandwich, a salad, a soup, or something like that. And uh, if you don't do that, well, they'll go down there and order the biggest steak in the house, you know. Well, uh, we want to help. We want to help people. And that's what assembling ourselves together is all about. Well, time's getting away from us. It's a place where we mend our relationships. It's a place where we magnify the Lord. Amen. I mean, praise God tonight. Nothing wrong with that. We met here last night. And we praised God and shouted and cried and 
wept. People came to the altar last night and Brother Lacey Brooks preached his heart out. Listen, we, we just magnified the Lord last night and it's a place where we come, bless your heart, and we learn to fear God. I mean, you can't listen. This is an awesome God that wrote this book. Amen. Amen.